Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I want to thank my sponsors, Topps, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So here's uh, an episode for your listening enjoyment. I think the wheels were turning in 48. I don't think they hit the ground until 49. So do you think that the Leaf cards were planned after they saw the success of 48 Bowman Baseball? which really was not that widespread, I don't think. But they must have seen that and say, we can do that. And then later on in 48, they're getting it going. So going back to George's interview with Marshall, he basically said Saul was not a sports fan, even though he lived close to Wrigley Field. When you start taking the factors, again, the ones that we can prove, right, that other entities within the Leaf brands were producing cards. I think that was always an avenue for them. They led with the pirate cards. When you leave with Blackbeard, and it wasn't just a card offering, Leaf was huge on the peripherals too. Okay, send in five wrappers to us and we're going to send you a decoder ring. So it was a whole package. So I think they saw the popularity. The interesting stuff I found about the company, in 47, they consolidated. In 48, they opened up the new factory on North Cicero. They were a company on an upward swing. I think they were maximizing everything they were putting out. I think the cards fell in lockstep with that. Because in the effects that were at the History Museum in Chicago, there was a salesman package that was basically teasing 1948 as being this big year that they were going to open the North Cicero factory and that they were also going to have a huge neon sign that was going to be on Michigan Ave. So how do we broaden our offering? This was a solution and a plan that they could say, okay, we're going to start in 48 with the Pirates and the boxing and the football, and then we're going to push it into 49 with baseball and then follow it up with another football. We haven't tied together the Philadelphia distributors. It's now dawning on me is that if there were to be a lawsuit between Beckett and PSA, let's just say, where the lawsuit is filed is a big deal. Okay, We would not want to go to California to sue PSA. We want to do it in Dallas County where we are an employer. And I'm sure that's what Bowman was thinking, is that they're right there in Philadelphia. They've got a home court advantage. Let's say they have a sympathetic judge. If they go to the north side of Chicago or something, it could be a completely different outcome. That injunction may be quashed. But in Philadelphia, being an employer there for a while and having a track record, I guess that's what happened. And then Leaf is thinking, wait a minute, they've got this injunction against us in Philadelphia. We're going to have trouble winning that. Even if we do win, it's going to cost us a lot. Yep. So the agreement is, okay, you've already printed these. You can disperse, do that, but you can't make any more. Yep. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think that's why you see the suit filed in, in Philly. I think you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, why not sit there and do it on the home court? Why not go after the distributors that are in your backyard? They're representing this entity that's out of Chicago. Absolutely. In doing that, you shut down the East Coast distribution of the cards. It's shut down the rare series being on the East Coast. So saying what you said on your buying trips is you found most of them in the Great Lakes region. That's why, because of that injunction, yeah, we'll still pump our candy out there, but okay, yeah, the baseball project's done. We're not going to push those there anymore. You're saying pumping it out there. I don't know. They were just gently releasing it to almost no fanfare. It's probably with the candy distributors they already had relationships with, and they said, hey, take some more of these. Oh, that's that's exactly what it was. When you do the full cycle of Leaf's lifespan, you get into the sale of Leaf to Don Russ. And the primary reason that Don Russ cites as buying Leaf is for the distribution channels. So well, yeah, it, it's, it's the candy. 
It's candy centric. There's no romantic view of Saul Leaf being this guy who wanted to start a card company. This was a vehicle to sell candy. That's it. That's how Tops got started. That's how yep. Bogum got started. Cars yeah, and- it's all bubblegum centric, which is fantastic. But I've learned through doing all this that Leaf was not just bubblegum. They started producing bubblegum in 36. They produce all kinds of candy. When they brought all the brands in, it was Leaf Machinery. It was Chicago Biscuit Company. They did everything. And so this was just another arm, just another way to push candy for them. It's a little passion project, something I'm getting to do with my dad, which has been awesome. He and I share things back and forth. He's a retired scientist and loves doing research stuff. I give him crazy things to track down and he tracks them down. And then I try and connect the dots. If this is a 49 set, then there's a lot of Jackie Robinson collectors that overpaid. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. That to me is like the biggest problem. And that's not fair. Uh, Absolutely. Change the rules many decades after the fact. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. The toughest sell in my book is trying to get it acknowledged. Now, you and I can sit here and we can go, yeah, it was probably 49. But from your point of view and from what you did, you had to sit there and go, okay, it's got a 48 copyright on it. Even though the backs of every single card are referencing the 48 season, there was writing that was done in 48. So in the most abstract sense of the word, the set was produced partially in 48. So it's like, you have to pay that one off like these plate variations that's okay yes we can go through and we can say that this is when it came out but those changes are interesting to me as well since that door was already cracked open a little bit with peterson it's okay there's more to that story if you're willing to take a look at it i've been looking for that same level of anecdotal information from the chicago area because that would be the smoking gun right because if they were produced in chicago and released before the holidays okay now that's done now we know that it's a 48 set and a 49 set but that would be the only way we would know for sure is to get someone from the Chicago area that bought those cards in 48. We've had the opposite. A lot of people talking about spring of 49. I'm willing to lose the argument on an intellectual level, but yeah. in a practical yeah. manner, I just think it's better to keep it the way it is. Yeah, no, I think it is too. But there is room for recognizing that there are some more special cards that float in there just by virtue of how they produce the cards and how they updated and changed them. It's just so expensive now to go after a master set. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. None of those same colors, like that magenta color never shows up in the short print set. Which speaks to me, the fact that they produced the short print set, not at the same time they produced either the late printing of the first set or how that all played out. So it's like the cadence of when they all hit, I haven't been able to crack yet. But it does make it interesting because it's like, all right, 49 of the cards are short print. 49 of the cards are readily available, but then there's another 49 that some changed, some didn't. Sam Chapman didn't change. The only way that you know that he appeared later was that there's a card that has magenta ink on it. So there are cards that did not change from one printing to the next, but there are definitely the cards that did change. And they fall pretty much in line with, from what I've seen with the population reports, just going through and seeing the Peterson, the ratio at which those are produced and how many black hats, how many red hats there are, they fall in lockstep with that. I did a lot of the paste up in the early days. And if this is pasted up mechanical art and not digital art, then could it be that on the sides of these cards that have the slats, the things going down the side, that's a piece of art that got nicked. And that was something that was placed on there and then got knocked off in the wax. Either way, you would have to make an actual physical change to the plate because either the side stripes were there 
but all of those side stripes appear with detailless hats. So if the slats were there with the details on the hat, then I'd say, yeah, absolutely. Because those would have both been subtractions that could have been done on press. But because there's a subtraction on one plate and an addition on the other, that's a plate change. But I'm saying the plate change is based on the pasted up art being changed. It wasn't digital. They couldn't just run it back through. They had to take that same mechanical art. And when they're messing with it, they're thinking, okay, this will make it look better. Or we don't need that. And that's where, again, it would have to fall in with another change just to put it at a certain point in the print. Because it was interesting because talking with Steve about this is that he was like, why wouldn't they have started with the brighter caps and then added in the detail later? And I'm like, I don't think that's the way it happens. But then Ted would validate that with the cards that he had in his collection. It's the cart before the horse, the egg before the chicken. It's just trying to figure out, again, why would you add the color to the background and then remove detail from the cap? In my mind, the only reason that you would do those two things is to make a brighter card. Okay. What was going on at the same time was 49 Bowman. Yeah. And when 49 Bowman's came out, low numbers and high numbers, the definition of those cards is splotchy at best. Not much better than Leaf. No. So the card stock and in terms of the definition of the art, in terms of the caps and things like that. So your theory, they wanted to add more detail and outlining is a further differentiator above what Bowman was doing. Yeah, I think they wanted to make it bright cards. The black lines you're talking about are delineating and and, and sharpening the image. Those ones are better than the Bowman because the Bowmans are poor quality. And again, that's another reason why the 4849 leaf Jackie Robinson is esteemed more than the 49 Bowman Jackie Robinson, which is also a great card, but it's not super attractive. It's very monochrome and very blocky looking. I think it's the same process. But I'm saying it's the same first process. Yep. But then Leaf maybe went back and said, you know what? We can add some more. We can improve the black plate to, yeah. to put some definition here. Therefore, we'll look better than Bowman. Or they look at that 49 Jackie and see the brilliant red background and the blue hat. And they look at and theirs and go, that, that pops. Know. And then they look at theirs and they go, ours is a muddy cap. We strike the detail out. Now we've got a brilliant blue cap. So I think that there may have been something that went on too. The important thing is why would you go through and make those changes on a set, to your point, that wasn't wildly successful across the board. They were just trying to put a product out there. And it's the only one that really had widespread changes on it. But if you look at the other Leaf issues, there were changes that were made, but they were small changes. But this set had more tweaks that happened to it. And I think that's a direct result of the Bauman set put something out there and you get your competitors stuff, you take a look at it and you go, how can we improve ours to make it better to compete with this? And I think that's what they did. But 48 leave was black and white. So they're thinking, hey, we're jumping ahead of Bowman. Football and baseball were black and white. We're going to do color. Okay, then yep. both does color. Now, here's another wrinkle. What about the other 70 missing numbers? In George's interview with Marshall, they brought that up. And Marshall actually stated that he remembered that his father would intentionally skip numbers as a way to get kids to buy more cards. But you still could have done another 49 and still had plenty of uh, skippage. Yeah, absolutely. That's what they did with football, right? Is that they offered the initial 49, then they put another 49, but those were numbered. That was the only set that they produced in that two years period that actually fulfilled the number of cards that were in the set. Because there's only 98 cards in that set and that actually fulfilled it. Yeah. And what if they had come out in 1950? 
Right. Now we'd have a problem. Now we'd have a 48 copyright back set. Yep. We have a 49 uh, short prints, and then we'd have some other set that probably could have come out in late 49. But then you start getting into Diamond Stars, right? That span three years essentially and carry copyrights from each of those three years. So, yeah, to your master set comment from before, it's like trying to put together a master set of Diamond Stars. Not only are you competing with copyright dates, you're also competing with back colors that you've either got a blue or a green back color. You're killing me, Brian. I also collected those by all those things you're saying. I tried to get a master set of, of 34, 35, 36 <laughs> Diamond Stars, and they're beautiful cards. Oh, they're gorgeous. But that's back in the day when I'd go to shows and I'd have a want list. On the other hand, I don't think you could even have a want list for some of those things. This is pre-price guides. Let's, I don't have that. I got the blue, but not the green. That next level of collector stuff, when you sit there and you look at a card and you go, hey, that's different than the one that I have. And I'm going to grab this on a hunch that I think it's different than the one that I have. That's how I'm wired, except that I'm not saying they were a dollar each in those days, but yeah. they were a lot cheaper. They were dollars. They weren't, right. they weren't hundreds of dollars, that's for sure. Yeah. It's funny because I collected when I was a kid in junk wax era, the horrible years of collecting. And I worked for a card shop. I grew up in a really small town in the Finger Lakes of New York. And we had a card shop there. And I used to go around with that dealer and we'd do shows up in Syracuse. And at a certain point, I started looking at all the new cards. And I was just like, I'm done with new cards. I love watching my Yankees, but I'm not going to collect 1987 Yankee cards because there's 7 million of them. They're basically blowing down the streets. My folks were both antique dealers. And so I made that shift. I went to this auction in an extremely small town and it was all baseball cards. At that time, I bought a good 30 tobacco cards, T206s, all Hall of Famers, and didn't pay more than 20 bucks for a card. And at the end of it, they brought up a 33 Gaudi Babe Ruth. I'd been mowing lawns that whole summer. I, I was cash rich sitting there. And it came up and from what I remember, it was a gorgeous card. And I think it ended up selling for $450 and I had it in my pocket. And I'm like, no, I'm good with the tobacco cards. Now, if I had to go back, I would love to pick that card up. But I think we all have those stories. But I made a shift from that junk wax era to picking up the older stuff as much as I could. I remember the day that two 14 Cracker Jacks walked into the shop and I traded the guy a Shaq Beam team for him. The guy thought he was getting a deal and I walked away with it. And I'm like, this is great. So I've been on the old card kick for a long time. When I crossed paths with these, it was the first time eight years ago that I had ever seen a Leaf card. And now I'm just in deep with them. 